I am so grateful that you've joined me for another episode of Locally Famous DBQ. This week I wanted to tackle a pretty cool story I found on Encyclopedia Dubuque titled Dubuque Wagon Bridge. It's the story of the bridge we had before Julian Dubuque. The article reads, The completion of the railroad lines to Sioux City, Iowa, by the Dubuque and Sioux City Railroad, then a subsidiary and later a part of the Illinois Central Railroad, resulted in 1867 the creation of the Dubuque and Dunleith Bridge Company. Really long-winded sentence, basically saying, after the railroad lines, the company that kind of came out of that was Dubuque and Dunleith Bridge Company. The planned construction of a railroad bridge increased interest in Dubuque for a passenger bridge, which would span the Mississippi River, opening business with Illinois and Wisconsin. In 1873, engineers of the Dunleith and Dubuque Bridge Company speculated that a 16-foot wide track bridge would be constructed for between $60,000 to $75,000. The idea was taken to the Dubuque City Council in December and a citizens committee was established to confer with the council. A petition was soon presented to the city council in favor of altering the planned railroad bridge to allow persons on foot or on horseback of wagons, carriages, mail stage coaches free of charge at all times, except on whilst the regular freight or passenger trains of cars are in motion, or whilst the bridge by thrown open for the passage passage of steamboats. Okay, so the company that came out of building the railroad bridge, Dubuque and Dunleith Bridge Company, says, Hey Dubuque, we can build this 16-foot wide track bridge for 60 to 75 grand, and it's going to allow people to, you know, go back and forth on horseback and wagons, and it'll even be able to lift up for big boats to go through. In January 1874, a poll of citizens was taken as to who supported calling a meeting of citizens to discuss how a bridge could be obtained. In January 1877, a resolution of the city council was passed relating to the planking of the railroad bridge. The the resolution proposed that a committee be appointed to confer with the bridge company and the supervisors of the Dubuque and Dunleith counties with the goal of obtaining a free wagon and footway across the railroad bridge. Attention to detail was certainly evident. Caleb H. Booth announced plans to visit Council Bluffs to investigate the method that the city used for passing teams and stock on a bridge. Dubuque businessmen wanted a steady flow of business to and from Dunley. When the planking idea failed, Mayor William J. Knight led a delegation of five council members and three citizens to Council Bluffs. That city had installed a ferry car invented by P.P. Sherry for use on railroad bridges. The visitors were told that the ideal flat car would be 20 inches diameter wheels and be 14 feet wide to allow two wagons and teams to be transferred by an engine at the same time. The sides of the ferry car and the top were boarded up to keep the horses from becoming frightened. 
The Council Bluffs operation could take buggies and cattle at the same time, using bars to separate the two cargoes. The idea of a ferry boat met with stiff opposition from the bridge company. It declared that it would not grant the right unless the city and the railroad each paid 80 grand annually. The Illinois Central wanted to pay less since it was their bridge on which the ferry would operate. So I'm just going to slow this down for a minute because I feel like I've been rambling on too long without diving into what is really happening in this article. But first, I would like to mention encyclopediadubuque.org is where I'm finding this information. I'll have the web address and the details, so please visit this website. And if you enjoy the stuff I'm doing, it's with the help of this. So click the donate button and then come over here and consider making a financial donation to the Carnegie Stout Library Foundation. The, all the information is there to learn how to do that. But moving back into this article here, during the creation of the railroad bridge, Dubuque goes, we should alter this bridge, this railroad bridge, so persons on foot and horseback can go through. And then we try to start figuring out how this is actually going to happen, who's going to pay for it. So then we come up with the plan and a resolution of the city to plank the railroad bridge. We had a dude named Caleb H. Booth who went over to Council Bluffs and figured out the best method that city used for passing teams and stock on a bridge. And the idea they come up with is what's called this ferry car, which is basically what you use, what you could use on a railroad bridge to throw a bunch of stock or wagons on it and move across that way so you can move large bundles of stuff across this ferry car in quotes because it moves across the railroad bridge and the ferry boat was met with very stiff opposition from the bridge company it's like we're not going to let you use a ferry car unless you guys pay 80 grand annually and then Illinois Central was also like, I don't want to pay that much because this is my bridge. And that basically wraps it up to the next part we're going to go into, which will be the last part of this episode. And then uh, tomorrow or in a couple of days will be part two. So hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. In 1878, the desirability of a bridge, while unquestioned, was being met with questions of paying for it at a meeting called by a committee appointed to confer with the city council, Marshall M. Walker, the chairsperson, expressed his personal feelings. Walker did not believe in the burden of payment should fall solely on the businessmen of Dubuque. He believed money should be raised in the form of a tax. He also believed the city council should appropriate $7,000 annually for five years to any company that would build and operate the bridge. A committee of five was appointed to meet with the council. 
The committee members were Charles Bittman, D.N. Cooley, Julius Graves, William Redman, and George Wallace Jones. Paying for the bridge remained a question for years. In 1886, Peter Clower suggested that since the city council had offered to cancel the taxes for the Dunleith and Dubuque Bridge Company if they planked the present bridge, that it should be willing to appropriate the same amount to a new bridge project. So, to get to this point where, you know, it's game time, where's the money coming from? The Dubuque businessmen are saying, we don't want to pay for it. There's a committee that comes uh, to the idea that the city council should appropriate $7,000 annually for five years to any company that would build and operate the bridge. And then later in 1886, it was suggested that since the city council had offered to cancel the taxes of the Dunleith and Dubuque Bridge Company if they planked the present bridge, bridge, that it should also be willing to appropriate the same amount of money to the new bridge. So, <laughs> hey Dunleith, we were going to give you all this money, uh, so how about you use that money towards this other bridge? I don't really get that, but it is definitely becoming a popular opinion in the area that there needs to be a wagon bridge for commerce. The location of the bridge was also debated. A committee of councilmen from East Dubuque met with the Dubuque City Council in 1881. A Dubuque council member read the following resolution. We deem it essential to the development and prosperity of our city and county, as well as for the interest of East Dubuque, and the county of Joe Davies in the state of Illinois and the county of Grant in the state of Wisconsin and the adjacent country that a wagon bridge should be constructed across the Mississippi River for the city of East Dubuque to the city of Dubuque. And then in January 1882, those who had incorporated the pile and pontoon bridge surrendered the authority granted to the company by the United States Secretary of War. Those who were supporting a wagon bridge were notified. In 1886, estimates were made that the lack of a bridge had cost local merchants an estimated $50,000 during the winter and holidays of 1885. In 1886, the Chicago, Burlington, and Northern Railroad companies offered to construct a railroad wagon and foot passenger bridge. The company did not seek city money for the project or the maintenance of the bridge, but asked that the city grant a remission of its taxes for 25 years, build the approaches on the Dubuque side, and transfer the pontoon charter to them. Oddly, the Illinois and Central had offered such a proposal in 1868 only to have the Illinois legislator, according to Platt Smith, refuse the right to construct a toll bridge. As early as 1874, bills had been written in the Iowa House allowing Iowa communities to unite with railroad or bridge companies in building or using bridges as railroad and wagon bridges. I think we'll leave it there for tonight. There are a lot of players that wanted to get in on the Dubuque Bridge, and 
at this point, really, we're still not really even sure what happens. We're to the point where three kinds of crossings were considered for the river, a pontoon bridge, planks on an existing railroad bridge, or a railway transfer. And that's kind of where we're going to leave it. We'll figure out what the construction consisted of next time and, and learn about the bridge that was the bridge before Julian Dubuque. If you're still hanging out with me, I cannot thank you enough. Go to facebook.com slash locallyfamousdbq, hit the book button, uh, let somebody know if you think that they'd be really awesome on the show, tell them to book or uh, give me their information. Tell them to DM me and I'll set something up. So I really love you guys and I hope you have an awesome rest of your day.